HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's December 6, 2016. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal here in New York City. We got some great guests in the house and a big fan of Nognio, one of the first uh, craft breweries out of Norway that we met years ago. And uh, B.R. Shelton from, from uh, B.R. Royer from Shelton Brothers brought him in. So it's great to have you back on the show, B.R. Thanks, Jimmy. You brought quite a few uh, special guests the last couple months. We have. I feel, I feel like uh, I'm sort of the, this is the unofficial Shelton Brothers house now. We have Daniel Thierry from Thierry in France. Who else did you bring in recently? Uh, we also had the cherry winemakers from Friedrichsdale in, oh, from Denmark, uh, in Denmark. Yeah. yeah, and Sebastian Sauer from Freigeist, Germany. Those are some great shows. Really appreciate working with you. It's nice to have Glad you. Glad we can bring you some guests. Big shout out to our uh, sponsors, Union Beer Distributor, supplier of world class ales and lagers. Check us out on Instagram. We did an Instagram takeover on Friday uh, at beer underscore sessions. We were Instagramming from the Heritage Radio Network Instagram. We did a Belgian beer tasting at Jimmy's number 43. That's had some great, great things going on. So let's go around the room. So we got uh, our good buddy, Chris Bala, who's from uh, Grand Army Bar. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well, Jimmy. How are you? So you worked in beverage a long time. Yeah. And I know that you, you did meet the Nongneo guys years ago. It was when I first started working at Beercraft in Park Slope. Um, but it was sort of a whirlwind because I was meeting brewers from everywhere um, and was very new to the scene. But, uh, but yeah, it was. I feel like uh, Nongneo guys were pretty memorable. <laughs> um, and But, um, but yeah, I've, I've known the beers for, for ages. I feel like they're... Um, Pretty unique and um, definitely very important in Scandinavia as far as uh, how they kind of change the the landscape of craft brewing there. But yeah, Great. and then you guys, Eric and Marshall from Brave, and you guys say hi. And uh, hello, hello, hi, how you doing? And you guys are based out here in Bushwick, so we're going to talk about Nognio, Norwegian craft beer, and the Norwegians who came to America, and also some of the history of uh, brewing in Bushwick, Brooklyn, with you guys. So. Yeah, and also Stephen Valan, our good buddy, just came in. Stephen, how are you? Hey, Jimmy, doing all right. How are you? Good man. How, how are things going at Brooklyn Brew Shop? Oh, it's the holidays, so uh, crazy as always. Yeah. So you're doing market shipping. Yeah, we uh, just started a Union Square holiday market booth. So you know, anyone in need of a Christmas gift and want to make some so beer, a, a great you go. home brewing kit. Yeah, all exactly. ready to go. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, beer making kits, and then we have some new like food fermentation kits, so you can make like. Uh, bagels and cream cheese and beer cheese and pretzels and all sorts of crazy stuff. Great. So our special guest, Tor, from Nognio in Norway. Tor, tell us about how you got started with uh, craft beer in Norway. Uh, well, I, I lived actually, I lived here in the States for nearly six years up in the Boston area when Boston Brewing Company was uh, making other beers than just lager. And uh, moving home, there was nothing to uh, but lagers. So I started home brewing quite early. And uh, then I teamed up with the uh, Kjetil and Gunnar started in Nögne. I was what they call hanger on in the beginning and 
partly I got became one of the partners and uh, been hanging on since. So uh, it's been a long, long 15 years, but it's uh, been fun, really fun. It's amazing that it's been that long. I remember in BR2, you guys brought Nonio to Jimmy's number 43, I think 2009. It was April... April 18th, there was a Norwegian beer tasting. We had we had herring on toast. We had cheese gougeres and some s'morebrot. Remember that? It was yeah, and really it was fun. fun. And it was really like this. At the time, you know, we know about guys like McKellar and Evil Twin. But back then, to me, you, you guys were really the, the real great craft beer that was coming out of Norway. What, what do you have to say about it, Bjorn? Yeah, this, they were uh, one of the first uh, Nordic breweries that we worked with. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very interesting because at the time, and, and, and Tore can speak more to this, um, in Norway, it was primarily just light lagers that were being mass-produced. And um, uh, New was instrumental in introducing styles like styles like IPA, Porter, Imperial Stouts to the Norwegian public. They just they weren't commercially available there. So uh, both important both for the Norwegian brewing scene and then really interesting to bring these beers into the U.S., yeah, we had to we had to do export because the Norwegian market wasn't there. So, uh, and lately, the last let's say the last uh, five or six years, the Norwegian market had kind of exploded. So it's been it's been uh, we've been very much focusing on the Norwegian market. But now again, we are turning looking out again to uh, to have a higher presence here. I mean, for me, like I said, when you guys first started, I I thought your beers were great. A friend of mine just posted on Facebook that he says, "Gosh, I remember that Nognio IPA was the first beer." That I ever tasted her at at Jimmy's number forty three. So, yeah. and for Chris too, you must have some memories. I mean, my beer. my memory, I I hadn't really been, I hadn't really experienced strong beers with like across the whole spectrum until I found found these beers. Uh, and I, my memory of of Nugnia was that most of it was quite strong and complex. Uh, and I I I think it was their barley one of their barley wines. I think that kind of blew my mind before a whole lot of whole lot else you know and i think it kind of directed my attention more to europe uh um with beers like that but uh but yeah that's definitely my memory a lot of a lot of very unusual i remember the sunturn brew was really something that kind of blew my mind early which is a smoky smoky barley wine but uh yeah, yeah. you have a version of that that touched just now it's a it's a sunturn blend which is a Sunturn Brewers base and then uh, mixed with some uh, winter ale that's been uh, in both whiskey and um, and uh, bourbon barrels. Yeah. Quite complex, quite nice. I would like to try that. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, so when you guys, when I first met you guys, there weren't as many really great craft beers coming out of Europe, but now there's a, there's a lot more competition. I know I, I'm sure that some people in this room have never even heard of Nanyo. So you know, what do you guys hear? You're trying to you're doing some promotions in the state right now, BR. Or, yeah, we did. Uh, we had an event on Sunday at Turst uh, with some some special kegs. Uh, the Torre is actually in the U.S. because they have a, every year do a big event at the Norwegian Embassy down in D.C. So had, he's heading down there uh, tomorrow and doing an event at Church Key. Um, but yeah, every it, you know it always helps whenever we have people from the brewery come through. Um, it, it really helps us because we take them to bars and stores and restaurants, and for the buyers to meet the people who are making the beer, you know, it sticks out in their mind if they're confronted with you know 10 distributor reps walking through and all of them have a bunch of different beers when we show up with someone who's actually arrived from a different country talking about the beers and explaining the history of the beer you know they're able to put a face to the brewery which you know any any little thing helps especially you know now that there's so many uh domestic breweries as well doing some fantastic beers so people are like well why should we buy imports and you know imports still have a lot to offer um and it's it's nice for people to meet the people who are, who are, who are doing the beers it's great to see the different places too. I mean, it evolves all the time. And Stephen, so um, you make some beer kits with different recipes, and you know you have a book about beer recipes. Have you ever uh, tried to make a Nonio inspired beer? Um, I mean, I brought with us uh, a uh, an imperial peppermint porter, so just kind of something that you might find uh, just like a spiced dark super dark beer that is really popular in Scandinavia and I'm just thinking back to our um, when my wife Erica and I uh, and partner uh, visited Oslo a few years ago uh, it was I think the Wednesday before Easter and to show kind of how Norwegians approach alcohol there are actual chains across the beer cabinets uh, and like in the grocery store and we got there and we had to say like please please we just we just landed can you like we're, we're couch surfing can you 
let us have some beer. And we got through the, they let the chains off and uh, we got Tuborg, which was pretty much the only beer we could find. And it's just a, a Danish light lager. And then after a few days, we brought our host to a craft brewery, I'm sorry, a craft beer bar. And I think they had your beer for the first time. And this was in Oslo. So it's, uh, if we think about how quickly, like, appreciation for craft beer is growing here, it's just, it's in magnitudes faster in um, places like, uh, like Norway. Have you started making some beer kits to, uh, to, for people to make their own beer at home? And uh, being a home brewer, trying to uh, promote that has been part of the success of the quick, quick rise in the craft beer market back in Norway. Mm-hmm. So, and then your your original founder, one of the brewers, I can't pronounce the names, man. You got to help me out. You are Kettle, Kettle, and Gunnar. They were the yeah. two. They were the two who started. So one one guy was an airline pilot, so he, sure. he got to travel the world and true. And that's been try different beers. That's right? been that's been very important for us too. I mean, he at that time he traveled a lot to uh, to the west coast of the U.S. Met a lot of people over there, like uh, Dick Cantle from Malaysia, and then all the, all the great guys that's been there for for. Uh, Started up the business over that side. And Eric and Marshall here, they're, they're starting a brewery here in, in, in New York. And uh, Marshall, you, you had an anecdote about some friends in Norway. Oh, yeah, actually, I was at uh, one of our accounts um, in Midtown. It was a hotel um, just on Friday. And I was talking with uh, the bartender about our beer. And this guy sitting next to me, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, You own a brewery? I said, Yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm from Norway. And I'm from a town of 20,000 people, and home brewing is huge right now. And that's how Eric and I got started as well. We started brewing in his apartment in, uh, seven years ago. And he said that you know it's so popular because taxes are so high, like we mentioned, on, on alcohol, that uh, now they have a homebrew shop for their town of 20,000, and we have that many homebrew shops in New York City practically at this point. So he said it's really, really popular right now. And what's it been like for you guys? I mean, you're a very small country. The language is different. I, I have a hard time pronouncing your names. And, um, you know, how have you guys grown, been able to grow and, 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 and export? But you're also growing in, in your country, too, now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, no. I mean, we didn't have enough base when, in the beginning, so we had to do export. And the, uh, luckily, we got a good contract with Denmark quite early. And at one point, uh, mid-2000, we had uh, an export percentage of about 80%. Today it's around 15, I guess, but the, 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 it's not the volume, volume is still increasing. But we have have a tremendous growth back home just because of the interest. But you guys are different. You're Scandinavian, but you're you're not Danish. You're not from Copenhagen. You're not Stockholm. I mean, you're kind of you're a different culture, aren't you? Uh, it's I mean, the languages we understand each other perfectly, so it's no no language barrier, and uh, we, we all have good friends. I mean, it's a Scandinavian community. Just here, just here was at the Norwegian American uh, Chamber of Commerce. You couldn't find it because it said Scandinavian. They <laughs> 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 all blended together. Mm. I know one reason I invited Stephen to come years ago, we talked about, you know, there's a lot of Norwegians who've, who live in America or, or of descent. And, and you're from a Norwegian community, aren't you, Stephen? Uh, yeah, my, my grandparents are actually from uh, Kristiansand, okay. which is less than an hour, hmm. I think, from your yeah. from your brewery. Uh, and I'm from Bay Ridge, which was very Norwegian. I think in the 70s, New York City was actually the biggest Norwegian-speaking, or had the largest Norwegian-speaking community outside of Norway. Um, and yeah, my parents, like, or my family built the Lutheran Church, um, so... We always grew up with Norwegian flags everywhere for every holiday, pretty much. And, you know, we went to the parade on the 17th of May, which is basically like the Norwegian Constitution Day. Yeah, I mean, we just have five million people back home. And uh, at one time, nearly half the population, late late 1800, they moved to the States. So actually, there's more Norwegian heritage people in the States than there is in Norway now. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get excited about Norway, but the reason you're here is because I've always loved your beer. So let's let's talk about the beer we're drinking right now. This is a Citra Pale Ale. It's a it's a should I say a regular Pale Ale? It's a, and the dry hop with Citra. So it's a it's a session ale. It's a, just something we uh, we did very recently to uh, to, uh, to to have a, have a lighter side than the, than the heavy IPAs and so on. That's great. And beer. What other non-yield beers did you bring? Uh, the other one actually is, is one that Tora brought from Norway that we don't have available in the U.S. right now. It's uh, one of their, their Christmas beers. Let's pop that, too, and we can talk about that. Yep. So you, you make so many beers. I mean, for a, a small brewery, 
you guys make you've had I've had saisons from you, IPAs, barley wines. And that's our strength and also our biggest uh, headache. I mean, <laughs> thinking of you have to have different labels for different countries and so on, and uh, logistically it doesn't make sense. But uh, diversity and uh, magnitude was was what uh, our, our, one of our core values. So uh, have a lot of different styles and so on. Just to make whatever you want, what you think is fun is what, uh, what the whole company was based on. Chris, you know, you, from working at Beercraft and Myland and, and now Grand Army Bar, I mean, how do you, you know, if, if a beer like Nonio comes in, are you just judging it, you know, as a, a good beer, a craft beer? Are you trying to position it as a Norwegian beer, you know? Um, I mean, I feel like my first experience is it, it was definitely, uh, you know, I mean, the playing field was much smaller, I feel like, than when I started in 2011. And when this brewery was kind of making a big name for itself uh, in America, but... I mean, I, the way I always kind of remembered Nogno is that um, it's hard to find beers with such uh, great malt character, I, I found. I, I felt like I had a really hard time drinking really heavy beers because uh, I felt like the malt character was quite rough. But, um, but yeah, I uh, you know, idiosyncratic, I mean, like maybe with strong connections to a, a, the you know, historical drinking, like Nordic drinking, that is, you know, a little more unusual or different than that those of Germany or Belgium. Um, but, I, you know, it's still kind of a mystery to me. I, I, I wish I had kind of done a little more research before coming here, but uh, I think that's, you know, the beauty of these these uh, sessions here. But, uh, but yeah, I, the malt character is what's always stuck I, in I my mind. I think we're all learning you know. together. Chris. Yeah, we are. That's how it works. <laughs> but it's a good thing we have BR here because BR is kind of the, the beer whisperer for... All these different far-flung, you know, we've had French, Czech, you know, New Zealand, Norwegian brewers here. Um, what's your take on Nanyo? Like, how do, you, how do you sell it to people besides bringing the guys around? I mean, is, is there like a, a recipe that they stick with? Are they using classic ingredients? Well, I mean, it, it's it's also, it, it's the beer scene has evolved so much. Um, I mean, we used to do extremely well with their IPA and uh, some of their, their other more traditional, or I should say, just uh, beer styles that, that uh, a lot of craft brewers are making. Um, and now that a lot of those are available locally, um, you know, they're, they're less expensive. Um, you're, you're getting them fresh from the brewery. Uh, we find with basically with all of our brewers that we now you know need to focus on a little something that's a little bit more unique, um, and so some of these darker, heavier beers are still popular. The, the Imperial Stout is, always does well for us, uh, and now they have someone uh, Stephen Andrews who used to be over at Brooklyn Brewery uh, is now running their barrel program. So we're getting a lot more of blends. Uh, we get the beer from them that didn't bed with uh, Sea Buckthorn. So things that are sort of a little bit. Uh, make the brewery more Nordic than, than simply just, oh, it's a craft brewery that happens to be from Norway. Now it is a Norwegian craft brewery doing things that are either a sense of place in terms of local ingredients or else doing some really nicely balanced barrel-aged products. You know, they're not just big, big, big boozy bombs, but there's, as Stephen was saying, or sorry, as Chris was saying, um, the the malt character is really nice, you know, and then the nice barrel character that, you know, and Tora can speak more of, of how they're, they're going on now with that barrel program. But those are the things we're focusing on. That's great. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. In 1996, El Knife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. 
Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, heritageradionetwork.org. It's the end of your membership drive. Check it out. Stephen Valan from Brooklyn Brew Shop is one of our new business members. Thanks for joining, Stephen. Of course. And it, uh, you do a great service for the beer community. Well, so. we, we love Heritage Radio Network. There's so many great shows out there. There's shows about eating and food and chefs and cheese and cocktails. And uh, So thanks for joining, man. Of course. Everyone, right. everyone should. That's right. So um, we're, we're tasting this great, uh, what is it, the Nong Neo Christmas beer? Yeah, we call it the uh, Yule Quad. So uh, I guess the the name tells you that it's a uh, it's based on a quadruple. So it's a it's a sweet Christmas beer, like a dessert, quite strong, 11 ABV. So uh, just to say a little bit more about the Christmas season in Norway, the Christmas season is the big beer season. So uh, we have about uh, I would say 60 uh, percent of our sales is in the last four months. Oh, that's how wow. heavy it's you know, I, I, I don't really order Christmas beers. There's so many Belgian, especially Christmas beers. I usually order, like, the quads and, and the imperial stouts. That I don't always want to have too much unnecessary spicing, but this doesn't have a lot of spice. No, no spices here, no. Yeah. No. Stephen, what, what, how, do, how do you taste this? To me, it tastes like a quad. It tastes like a squad with a little more something in there, barrel or something. Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of, a lot of stone fruit, a lot of nice, like, soft caramel. I think it's perfect for keeping the reindeer at bay i would say <laughs> good one man everybody's fresh today i'm not that fresh <laughs> you know yesterday we're at there's a new york state uh, craft beverage talk yesterday at with the union square green market and uh, heard some good people jason from strong rope some of our buddies were talking so i think i was thinking a lot about ingredients and and you know local new york stuff um but now we're jumping to holiday beer so chris what, what, how do you taste this um i mean I feel like uh, some of the same sentiments about it. I, you know, I really love that almost like caramelized, caramelized malt flavor. I don't know if that was from you know intense boiling or something like that, but uh, that's definitely what I'm getting in the Belgian tradition. But uh, there's some uh, there's some Moscovado sugars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I love I love uh, Belgian holiday beers that don't include spices but have. You know, such an intense spicy character, either from like yeast phenols or uh, you know that caramel from like intense boiling. Um, so it's, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. This know. is getting me in the mood for Christmas. I'll yeah, tell absolutely. You that. So, Marshall, um, we were talking about some of the places that tour is going. Is going down to D.C. Yeah, you mentioned something about going to Church Key on 14th Street. That's my old neighborhood, so I'm happy to hear you're going there. Yeah, tomorrow, uh, Greg Eckhart is a uh, is a uh, was. Uh, very kind to uh, put on some uh, cakes tomorrow, so looking f- very much forward to that. B, are you going to DC also? No, unfortunately, I have to stay here. But uh, my my colleague Christian is going to be down there uh, handling the DC DC market. So yeah, so I mean, what is it like for you guys? You went to Tourist in New York City. You stopped by Jimmy's Number Forty Three. I mean, how do you pick the the, the bars and, and places that you you bring? Basically, whoever, whoever's in on the day that that, uh, that someone from the brewery is in town, it's uh, basically based on the buyer schedule, pretty much. I mean, we try to hit up both a combination of places who know the brewery and who are supporters of the brewery, just to bring them by, um, and then also introduce them to to new places who might not be familiar with the beer, who is like, or who've never ordered it and said, "Oh, I don't know," and then you say, "But but you should have this beer," and then you or beer from this brewery, uh, and then bring them by to to introduce them. Yeah, I have a very long list. <laughs> I got to wear some new shoes now. It's, uh, <laughs> there's so many nice places and uh, people that I met before and new people. It's, it's really nice to come out and meet uh, meet where the, beer, where the beer is present. So, what are some of the other major industries in Norway? I have to ask you that question. Oh, yeah, in the Norwegian, uh, American Norwegian Chamber of Commerce, there's only huge companies. Of course, defense contracts and, uh, and salmon is. Is, uh, so salmon, salmon's a salmon is uh, and uh, Yarsberg cheese, of course. It's a tea and a cheese. Oh, there's there's quite quite a few actually. Oil too, right? Oil, oil too, oil based, of course. Uh, just yesterday, Mariah Carey said that she only eats Norwegian salmon and capers. So, so that's no, awesome. The, the world thanks you for that. No other food or no other salmon. No other food. 
All right, then. <laughs> well, we get some special special things at Norway. Well, get some beer as well, then. Yeah. So then, talking about selling beer. So you guys, Eric and Marshall, you guys are starting out. You, how, how long have you been uh, selling Brave and beer now? We'll be two years in January. But you're 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 still you're, you're making it somewhere else. Yeah, we're still brewing in upstate New York. It's Eric. But you've Brewing. learned a lot about s- selling beer to, to bars and accounts, haven't you? Yeah, I think a month is like a year in a regular job, <laughs> just walking around and. Like we were just talking about before, going to different bars and how you guys make your schedule visiting from another country. We have to do that on a daily basis, just visiting from up the street. And I think you get a very similar treatment of people who either know the brand, want to know the brand, don't want to know the brand, and you want them to know the brand, or people you're just like, all right, that was fun talking to you, but we're just going to go. Let's pop some beer, too, while you guys are talking. Yeah, sure. But yeah, because, like, I mean, t- tourists here, I'm, I'm, I know you've been here in, in the States before. I mean, what, what are there pointers for him that... He might have when he's. I mean, he's got a BR, so he's got he's got all the doors open to him. Sure. Well, I think I mean beer, and this is I think universal and something that we loved about beer when we got started and home brewing, especially as this entree into it. It is very much a social drink. Uh, everything is relationships in this business. Everything is relationship in every business. But uh, really, in New York, I think the more times you give people the attention and the, the time to really talk to them about what they're caring about, like what's what's going on in their market and what do they think, they're going to react well to your product either way. Even if they don't like it, but they like you, you have a much better shot of getting in. And I think it really comes down to how you interact with them and if they can sell the product, of course. And now we've talked to you before, right when you were open about two, two years ago. Yeah. yeah. We had you on Beer Sessions Radio. So yeah, we were here in our, out there. I think six weeks or eight weeks after we sold our first keg, we were in here with uh, some... Blickman beer gun filled growlers that got stale the second we opened them. And we didn't even have a Blickman beer gun yet. Oh, it was on yeah. the kegerator? It was, uh, it felt professional to us at the time, but looking back, it felt, it now seems pretty amateur. <laughs> um, we've come a long way, I think, since then. But yeah, that was when we just had the white IPA. That was the first beer we started with. It's the, our hybrid of a Belgian white American IPA. Um, not, we discovered that style when we were out in Denver. A number of years ago, visiting my sister, going to a lot of breweries out there, and uh, since then we've we've started um, doing two other styles year round. We have the Bushwick Pilsner and the Black Pale Ale. And just a just a little milestone, mm-hmm. actually, since we're talking about about two years in mid November, we sold the equivalent of our one millionth pint of beer. So we were sitting down maybe a year ago, and Marshall said, "I wonder how many." Of these we've sold. Like, I wonder how many pint glasses of beer we've sold. So we started doing the math on it. We keep track of where the sales are going. And we projected it out, and we surprised someone at uh, one of our favorite accounts. Um, just kind of came up behind someone like, boo, uh, you're our one millionth pint. And luckily, he had already had a six-pack of our beer in his fridge earlier that day. And that was not something we planned, which is, of course, much better than surprising a stranger who doesn't want to talk to you. So that worked out very well for us. That's kind of funny. Congratulations, man. I mean, I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> well, I, I love the signs at McDonald's because I love McDonald's. And uh, just knowing how many millions of burgers or how many millions served or whatever, uh, Marshall got the bug in his head a year ago to start tracking it, and we just kind of kept an eye on it. And then maybe this summer we put a target on the board. I'm like, all right, got to get to that date. Yeah, I think I was sitting at a local bar called Left Hand Path, and it, when I was sitting at the bar drinking one of my beers, it was a white IPA, I was you know, hearing other people at the bar who I've never talked to before, they didn't know me personally, going up to the bartender and asking for a Brave and White IPA. And that, to me, at the time, was just mind-boggling, that someone that something that Eric and I created from nothing, people were going and ordering it on its own merits. And so I started thinking about, you know, every day in this city, New York City is a pretty large town, we're, we're selling a good amount of beer, I know how much we're selling every week. At any given moment, there are how many strangers that I've never met before ordering our pints and, and enjoying it and going back for a second and third. And that was just, uh, I guess, really inspiring for me that it was beyond just our, our friends and family that were supporting us. There were uh, people ordering it because they liked it. Well, congratulations. And I, I ran into at um, a recent that New York City Craft Beer Festival, and you were one of the few actual uh, brewery owners that was there. Most they were volunteers serving mm-hmm. product. Um, you know, what, what's your take on working at festivals and, and, and meeting new customers? Uh, no doubt it's a bit of a grind to have to go out, especially when you stack up festivals on a weekend. But for speaking for Marshall and speaking for myself, I think there's no better chance to meet your customer face-to-face. And 
we don't we don't have our own tap room, so we can't necessarily have that conversation with people when they come in. But we get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people either trying our beer for the first time, the second time, or for the millionth time. And they get to tell us exactly what they think about us, the brand, and we can ask them specific questions. And that kind of feedback is it's really valuable just for what we're doing. But I hear I hear the beer being Sounds poured. good, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's our Bushwick Pilsner. I can tell by the sound. Welcome back, Steve. We miss you, the bro. Sound that that's the Bushwick Pilsner. Good to see you. Uh, but really, really for us, it's um, it's more FaceTime than we're ever going to get with a consumer on a day to day basis. Chris, how do you how do you buy beer? I mean, you know your beer. You probably have a list in your head. It's I know how it works. Very intense, confusing process that I've developed over a number of years. Um, I taste a lot of beer. I do a lot of research. Um, I try to meet as many people as I can. Um, but yeah, at the moment I'm buying for a cocktail bar, which is a little different. Uh, and I only have eight draft lines, so I try to. I try to. My challenge is to kind of the conceptualize what's what kind of complements a you know very elevated cocktail program. Um, and for me, that kind of tends to be very classic and identifiable style-wise. Um, but yeah, I, I I just buy good beer. I'm I'm very unforgiving to uh, distributors and producers. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's always an adventure. You know, I'm always trying new things. You know, sometimes I'm very surprised by by beers. Uh, and you know, just never believe the hype. You know, it's all about the beer you're drinking. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I have, a, I have a pretty unique process, I think, um, and I know I, I know most of my distributors think I'm a big pain in the butt. But uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of all over the place. Um, and for a limited list, I, I do really like the beers you typically choose. Oh, thank say, you so as, much. As someone in in your neighborhood. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And let's talk more about Oslo and Norway. So salmon oil. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are reticent, but, you know, it, it's funny because I, th- I, I think I remember when I was in, like, fourth grade, I read something about, had to write a report about Norway, and I remember drawing, I had to draw the whole country, you know, and all these fjords and things. I, I know what fjords, does everyone know what fjords are? Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone does, right? Yeah. What are they? Oh, it, we got some really long, long fjords, narrow and deep and so on, and uh, that's where it's quite scarce populated. What are they, Stephen? I suppose they're glacial crevices. That's true, um, yeah. I, I actually, for my for my parents' uh, anniversary, we we just got them a cruise last year uh, to go through the fjords. So, it's what people do. They're very beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Have you been there, Bjorn? I have not. As a as the Shelton Brothers uh, manager of our French and Canadian breweries, I I head up to Quebec and I head to France, and that's pretty much, unfortunately, the extent of my traveling. Though I would love to to visit Norway at some point. That's one uh, European country. And who I've never started been to. that relationship with Shelton Brothers and and Nugno? Did, who, who started? Yeah. Um, I believe it, it was Dan's brother Will. Dan and Will, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Dan, this was before before I started with Shelton Brothers. We had already had the the brewery in the portfolio, but yet. we had we had contact with some other American distributors, and Will just jumped on the plane and came first. <laughs> that's pretty it was much like the amazing race. I mean, Get to the brewery that's, that's, first. That's my experience with Shelton Brothers. I mean, <laughs> but that's that's pretty much the, the experience we've had so far with other countries as well. I mean, we just meet people and talk and. That's how it goes. We yep. never, don't, never do any research or anything. It's, it's just uh, meeting good friends in the business. Yeah. Tell them about the fjords and the salmon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love I love your guys' beer. So um, you know, we just had the Brave and the, the Bushwick Pills. We're going to come back in a few minutes and uh, talk more about uh, history of beer in Bushwick too on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. To Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, Beer, what'd you say? You don't think Chris is a 
Oh, that was supposed to be that was off the record. A, a no. tough buyer. <laughs> no, tough I was saying buyer. no. He 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 says that he has he's he's apparently has a difficult reputation, but but we like him. But that's because he takes our beers. So All right, let's do this, guys. Everyone, him. let's let's get a couple questions from from the room for tour about Nognio or Norway or sales or export or something. Marshall, I know you got a question. Come on. Sure. Well, you know, since we're so new and, and you've been in the game for a long time, uh, what would your advice be for a new brewery? Uh, what was maybe some pain points you had for the early time of your brewery? I don't know. I mean, the first time in the brewery, the first three years, I'm sure you experienced the same thing. It's kind of hard to remember back what actually did. <laughs> I think it's just going so fast. But, uh, I mean, just hang in there and don't give up. It's... Uh, I remember Kjetil said, if someone asks me, uh, would you do it again? And he would give you the advice, no, ne- never start up, ne- never do it. But, I mean, this perseverance that, that counts. It's, uh, you just have to hang in there and, yeah. and do what you like. That's, that's pretty much what you have to do. Next question. Um, sure. So um, now it's really, I wouldn't say trendy, but people understand Scandinavian cuisine is, is, is a thing. Um, and when I was younger, it was Ludfisk, which is, um, you know, I think what people always thought of as like Norwegian and Scandinavian food. It wasn't mostly the, that appealing. And so while your beer is particularly good with food and it, do, it does have a like, yeah, we, it is oriented around. We have always tried to, to, to pair up beer with food. And Ludfisk, as you mentioned, which is a, a fish prepared in lye. Mm-hmm. It's all the commitments around the akavit and the beer and the bacon fat and the, that's that's what makes the taste. So, ha, do you think the conversations changed, or is it has it made it easier to um, to to say like this is a Norwegian beer? It goes well with your food because Scandinavian food is now is is respected and it's well, we something have, you want. We just been part of a of a research program funded by uh, by some of the agriculture uh, authorities back in Norway. We try to find the, uh, should we say, Norwegian terroir, find that back to older styles and so on. And what the only thing we found so far is the old yeast, the kvike. And we used that in a couple of our new beers. And that's quite interesting, going back like that. Uh, kvike has been popular in both in uh, Norway from, from way, way back, and also in uh, the Baltic, Lithuania especially. Pierre, what's a question that's, that some of your buyers uh, ask you about non-neo? How to pronounce the name. <laughs> <laughs> they want the beer with the O, is what they say. Nagneo. And what does that mean? It's like a, some kind of island. No, Nogne means naked, and Ö is actually another word for the island. You know, we have three more vowels in the Norwegian alphabet, so it's kind of it'll play on the, on, the, on the letters and also the words. So it, it's nothing beer-related, actually. You guys have some deep culture. You know, you've got, you know, Sam and I, I we've read about Iceland's collapse from the, the last few years, and it was a nation of, of fishermen. So there's deep values and, and deep traditions. Um, one of your famous writers was, was Henrik Ibsen. Um, you know, how does that relate to your, well, your cultural psyche or something? Well, he, he wrote a poem uh, about Terry Vegan, and that's a, it's actually a, a very good story. It's much too long. It's a story on, the, I think, close to 40 verses. But it's, it tells you about uh, helping the next guy when he's troubled, even if you... Uh, have been hurt by him at an earlier stage, so it really uh, it reflects the craft business. I mean, you always help the next guy. I remember first time as I was over here in the States, like 10, 10, 10 years ago, visiting breweries. They always dropped whatever they had and welcomed in, helped you out, any questions, no secrets. And that's what we try to, uh, to convey back home to other breweries starting up as well. It's very much camaraderie and it's so important. And that's what's helped the, the quick growth of the whole business. That's great. And then I know uh, a few years ago, you guys, uh, you have either a, a new partner or, or a new relationship in yeah, the business. I, there's, there's no secret. Uh, Hietil uh, and me, we, uh, we didn't agree on everything, and uh, Hietil wanted out. So uh, he sold part of his shares to, uh, to one of the other Norwegian uh, breweries. And that's actually been a success for us. Uh, we have had a better distribution and so on. And, uh, it's been, it's been okay, and they have been uh, letting us do what we do. If you look back, you can see what the, after they bought in, they have actually started to make an IPA and uh, other styles. So we have 
sort of affected them more than they have affected us. So now you you really are influencing the the Norwegian beer yeah, culture. Yeah, even the larger lager breweries are starting to uh, to make craft craft and other styles. So it's uh, they see that that's that's where the trend is going. So it's a uh, it's a completely different change just from the last three three years. So earlier we said that that Stephen. Your family was Norwegian, and you grew up in Bay Ridge, or they grew up in Bay Ridge. So that was a big Norwegian community. But um, we also know that in Bushwick, where we are now, um, this was one of the had a lot of breweries in, in New York in the 19th century. Um, that's your your cue, Eric, because I know your, your pills are just called Bushwick pills. Well, we rehearsed this for an hour yes. beforehand, so I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to go. <clears throat> yeah, back in the the 1800s, Bushwick was home to a great number of. German immigrants, and they brought with them their brewing tradition and also the hot style at the time, which was the Czech style and then German style Pilsner. And as much as everyone is obsessed with IPA today, I like to think that it's a bit of a bit of a, you know, it's the new popular style. Pilsner was taking the world, well, Europe at the time, taking Europe by storm. And here you go. It was a race to get the openers out. And we started in Bushwick for a number of reasons. Uh, one being that we love the neighborhood, we love the energy here, we love the the artist community, we love all of the development that's going on, and like just so much so much cool stuff happening with great restaurants and great people moving in, and it we're also sitting in right now. yes yes we're sitting in Roberta's and in the back back house doing a radio show by a pizza oven, so that's the kind of cool stuff that you can do here, and it also had this great brewing tradition from the 1800s and we wanted to draw on that back in the late 1800s especially there was over two dozen breweries in bushwick many of them along bushwick avenue it was nicknamed brewers row and prohibition really knocked out the whole industry and it shifted more to a midwest style because they had the operations and they had the refrigerated trucks and they had all the infrastructure to support brewing coming back but new york was a very local brewing tradition back then you rolled the kegs up the street if you rolled them anywhere at all so when we were designing our first beers we had the white ipa like marshall mentioned it was a style we fell in love with when we were traveling out west our black pale ale as well as another one of those homebrew specials it's a hybrid style between more of an english kind of richer malt pale ale but give it that american hop flavor and throw in some more uh, roasted malts to give it a chocolatey coffee flavor. It was really just one of those things that we were like, this seems cool, let's do it. But the Bushwick Pilsner, very much inspired by the Bushwick beers of the late 1800s. And we found this old article from Brewing Techniques magazine that someone had lovingly transcribed onto a 1990s GeoCities website in awful formatting, but it was good enough for us to get a sense of this history that seemed lost. We're like, this is amazing. This is the neighborhood that we already love and that we're hanging out in. And we had no idea. So we dug into it a little bit more and found that breweries like Schaefer, Tromers, Peels, Rheingold, all these amazing breweries back in the day that got hurt by Prohibition, never really came back, brewed these Bushwick-style Pilsners. So we took the through line on a lot of the old recipes that the article talked about and really took like what we thought was the thesis of everything that they were doing, updated it very little for today's flavors. We still use pretty much the same ingredients that they were using back in the 1910s. We switched from six row to two row, uh, just because six row can gum up some systems if you're not careful with it, and uh, still use about 16% flake corn in there, which was a very traditional ingredient and something that is a bit divisive in the brewing community. I think that it's come back around that it's a more traditional ingredient and it gives it a certain characteristic flavor. And we've been very happy with the reception that we've gotten so far. Not just because of the history, not just because of the name, but it's a flavor in craft beer that I think is starting to take a little bit more of a hold. That old school American style Pilsner uh, really rounds out a portfolio for a brewery and really rounds out a portfolio for a bar. And it, uh, it, it, it's funny that it highlights the fact that almost every old, cool beer sign comes from Bushwick. So even before Prohibition, Bushwick was mm -hmm. pretty hip. Mm -hmm. who, who knew? And one of, one of the cool things, yeah, exactly. And, and still to this day, when you, when you tell people about the history, people that live in Bushwick and have for five, ten years, most of them have never even heard about the, the brewing history here. It's like literally surrounding us where we're sitting right now. There used to be all these breweries everywhere, and there are only, I think, to my knowledge, about two of the brick-and-mortar breweries still standing. So all the history has really been wiped away. But if you talk to uh, people like 
native New Yorkers, people who've lived here their whole lives, their family have been here for generations, um, they'll say like, oh, my grandfather's beer was Rheingold. I used to sit on his lap while he would uh, sip Rheingold. Or someone told me the other day that their their parents used to let her sip the foam off of the Schaefer. <laughs> that was their introduction to, to drinking. Um, but it's cool to even expose people to this history of uh, brewing in New York City. Does everyone have the pills? Uh, Tor, what do you think of this pills? Does this taste like a, a Scandinavian lager to you? Well, it was, uh, I was, Did you have this pills? I, I was surprised. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, that was the taste. I couldn't really. But when you said corn, I, I got it right away. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice. I liked it. It's a, uh, but it's, it's something that you get to have, get to get used to. If you think you're having a regular pilsner as we know it, and get this, you, you have to be introduced the right way. And then Chris, uh, we just popped a, a sour beer for us. Let's just oh. go through. And Stephen brought a beer too, so let's just finish up the beers. Um, yeah, I brought a, a weird thing from Colorado that was hanging out my fridge. Uh, it's Trinity Brewing out of uh, Colorado Springs. This is their Red Swing Line IPA Primitif. Uh, I think this is a, a like a three-year-old. They call it IPA, but I think it's just a uh, very funky wild ale um, that's heavily dry hop before. It's nice. Do a lot of people just bring beer to you? Um, no, I, I purchased that actually a few years ago. I feel like uh, right when they're starting to, maybe like two years ago, right when they're coming in to New York. But uh, yeah, people do bring me beer um, quite a bit. It's sort of hard to keep track of it and i often just share it with uh bar staff and all that but uh great man unless that's uh steven you brought a beer too so tell us about brooklyn brew shop one more time uh yeah so we brought an imperial peppermint porter uh so one of the new mixes we have out this uh holiday season is a peppermint porter so we just went a little bit further and made it higher in alcohol it's actually brewed with peppermint candies and then dry minted. So uh, you toss in some fresh spearmint into the fermenter. This one we aged a bit, so you, you know some of the mint's going to fall off, but some of the smoothness. But and this high this tastes will come like through. what a holiday ale could be. Yeah, yeah, because you know tis the season. So <laughs> let's uh, let's celebrate. So beer, what, what, wrap it up for us. So again, going back Nonio, and it was two thousand nine. They came to Jimmy's number forty three. We had a Norwegian beer tasting. Met the whole team and uh, have a great appreciation for them. Fast forward now, and actually this is the theme of our show next week, kind of like beers that 10 years ago were, were on everyone's top list, and, and now we're trying to, to remember what they are. You know, what's it like for you guys now with Nong Neo? Um, well, I mean, like I said, they're going in a little different direction than when we first started working with them. You know, when we first started out, it was their IPA, their Saison, their Porter, um, Imperial Stout, which we, we still carry and do well with but we are as i was saying earlier moving on to more of their barrel age products um things that are like to just get a little bit make them stand out a little bit more because there's really whether it's from from new new or any of our other imported breweries there's really no reason to bring an ipa into the u.s at this point um back then it was it was something that people wanted ipas so we were bringing in a lot of ipas but now there's so many great great ipas that are being brewed locally whether it's in New York City, um, Brooklyn, <laughs> or or around the country, so so yeah, we're we're just you know as they, they as they expand their 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 uh, their offerings, we're we're working with them to bring in some more of the the unique things that they have. So. Great, and then so you said there's someone from Brooklyn Brewery, who's who's now working in, in Norway for you guys. Yeah, like Stephen, he uh, he's been with a couple of other breweries here in the states. But uh, when we when he moved from here, he was uh, doing some of the barrels at Brooklyn Brewery. Yes, it's true. So he's been with, with us now for close to two years, doing a lot of good good stuff over there. Well, it's great having you on. Thank, thanks so much for coming here. And thank you. Beer, thanks for, for you came to. You were at Taurus on Sunday. At Jimmy's number forty three. Gonna be at Church Key in DC tomorrow. And uh, you came back to Radio, Heritage Radio Network. All right, man. I'll be back soon. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And does everyone go around the room? You guys uh, give a quick plug to yourself. And what you're doing. And also, big shout out John Lapolia at Bitter and Esters. He's got some cool things coming up in December. Bitterandesters.com, including a, a Josh Bernstein complete IPA book signing and an IPA bottle share uh, coming up soon in December. So check it out, bitterandesters.com. All right, guys. Tell us, what, let's wrap it up. Tell us your names and uh, what you got going on. Sure. This is uh, Marshall Thompson from Brave and Brewing Company. Um, 
like Eric said, we have a million pints going. We've uh, looking forward to this winter. We're going to be coming out with some new uh, seasonal beers. So some uh, we're looking at a, an orange habanero chocolate stout coming out for the the winter season. So we're really excited about that. So you're going to have the million pint march. No. <laughs> yes, and we just uh, we just started working with a couple of other artists, musicians around Brooklyn, doing kind of a celebrate your craft campaign. Not only just celebrate your craft beer, but celebrate what other people are doing. Also, it's a, a big focus for us is supporting arts and music institutions in Bushwick. That's so much of what Bushwick is about. So much of what we're about, and we're just going to keep that going. Great, man. Thank you. Um, it's Chris Bala from Grand Army Bar in Boreham Hill in Brooklyn. Um, I guess in addition to my usual stuff, I'm also helping out Travis Kaufman at Folksbeer get his brewery at Tasting Room up and running, which is very soon in the next two weeks. So you might see me down there in addition to my so we'll check that out. fancier digs. Folksbeer.com? Was there a website? I think there's I, something like that. Yeah. Something. It's in Brooklyn somewhere over there. It's in Carroll Carol Gardens in Bro- Brooklyn just down the road from Prime Meats. So. All right. Yeah. Tour. You here in America? Yeah, well, I'll be back uh, this fall, no, this uh, this spring, because we we have a collaboration lined up with Denali Brewing out of Alaska. They visited us, and we have to uh, revisit them, of course, to do that. We're excited to get up there. And you're also in DC. You're going to be what, at the embassy. In, in DC at the embassy. That's a that's a one event on uh, on Thursday, but uh, Church Key tomorrow. Great. Thanks, Tor. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Cool. Yeah, this is Stephen from Brooklyn Brew Shop. If, uh, yeah, if anyone's interested in making their own beer for the first time so that they can open up a brewery in Bushwick or Norway or wherever, they should you know go to brooklynbrewshop.com. Or if they're in New York City, head to the Union Square Holiday Market. And if they're interested in weird other food fermentations, they should go to farmsteady.com, which is our brand-new project. Great, man. We're going to hear about that next time. Right. Uh, B.R. Rolia with Shelton Brothers Importers. And I believe our next event is on this coming Sunday at Torst. We're going to have uh, the guys from Jester King, Texas, coming up for a little uh, draft takeover. Keep it rolling. All right. And thanks to our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors, suppliers of world-class ales and lagers. Big shout-out to producer Justin Kennedy, engineer David Tadisher. I'm Jimmy Carboni, your host. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.